spiritual war fighters. You hear me now? <clears throat> well, thanks for the uh, communion meditation, Brian. Because when people tromp all over my lesson, then I know exactly that I'm on the right path. That way you get two opportunities to hear some of the stuff. So, this morning, um, I want to talk about overcomers. Now, Brother Steve brought a lesson few weeks ago about Esau had a birthright and he despised it and he also went over some of the many blessings that can be ours now and those to come. So this morning I want to continue that theme. <clears throat> so if you want to turn to uh, the book of Revelation chapter 2, I'm going to burn through uh, some scriptures at a high rate of speed for time's sake. So in Revelations 2 and 7 it says, to him who overcomes I will give to eat from the tree of life. 2.17, to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written. 2.26, and he who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I have received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. 3 and 5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. 3.12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. 3.21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. To eat from the tree of life, to receive some of the hidden manna to eat, to receive a white stone with a new name, to have power over the nations, to be clothed in white garments, to have your name in the book of life, to sit with Jesus on his throne. Great and wonderful promises to those who overcome. Knowing only that it is the overcomers who will receive all this should cause us to ask, how can I be an overcomer and what must I do? Webster says to overcome is a conqueror. Or you might say one who has faced a great adversity and prevailed. A winner. Not a second place, but first place. The Apostle Paul echoed that very thought in 1 Corinthians 9 and 24 when he said, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives a prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. We are to be overcomers to receive these blessings. And an overcomer of what? Jesus said he was an overcomer. What was it that he overcame? In John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Well, what does it mean to overcome the world? Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We know that Jesus was tempted by Satan himself and did not sin. And we are to overcome sin and live righteously. And what did Peter say about those who didn't? 
Now, it may seem like I'm burning through this pretty fast, but, you know, this is seven pages. I mean, this was, you know, it wasn't a 12-inch sub. It was an 18-incher, you know? So anyway, bear with me. What did Peter say about those who didn't overcome? In 2 Peter 2 and 20, For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them, and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having to know it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Well, to whom was he speaking? Those that had escaped the pollutions of the world and got entangled in them again, they did not overcome, and their end was worse than the first. I've always thought what a terrible thing it would be to bear throughout eternity. Now, to bear for eternity, I mean to be with this for eternity. The thought that you had in your grasp eternal life of peace, and hope and comfort in Christ, and you walked away from it. Second Timothy 4.10, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. We are to be conquerors. We are to be overcomers of the world, and we will if we believe in the word of God. First John <clears throat> chapter 2. Picking up in about verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. I've written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Notice the words he used were have overcome. Not will, or you could have, as in the past tense. And notice again, he said young men. Not really old, gray-haired, wise men, but young men, and that gives me encouragement. Young men who had the word of God abiding in them. So even the folks in John's day were able to do it without having their personal copy of God's word to read every morning. They did it without having quick verse on their computer or their phone. And what a blessing it is to have God's word available to us whenever we wish the opportunity at a moment's notice to pick up God's word and to hear from God. Remember, the young men who overcame were abiding in God's word, to live in. But what could prevent young men from being overcomers? Now let's continue reading. Verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, 
The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So young men need to be careful not to start loving the things of the world, but to stay focused on the will of the Father. You know, we do have to live in this world, and we do have to go to work, and we do have to re-roof our houses on occasion, and our barns, but they don't have to be our number one priority. Unfortunately, we just make them that. Romans chapter 8. Picking up in about verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But don't forget Demas. We can walk away. When we start turning our focus onto the things of this life, and we start leaving the word of God behind, And all of a sudden, our life is right back to what it was before. So we look at this promise, and we understand that nothing can come between us and Christ. But do we walk around with our heads held high, or do we walk around as if we have the weight of the world on our shoulders? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. The world is beating up on us. And guess what? It is supposed to. We are in a great battle. But that doesn't mean we have to look beaten up. Sure, we're going to get tired. We will be subjected to strong attacks. But to drop our spiritual swords and let the lion devour us is not an option. Giving 100% effort towards a task. A lot of people do this for physical things. How much effort can we give for spiritual things? Now, maybe some of you might like to teach the young kids, or maybe do some preaching, maybe conduct some Bible studies in your house, maybe get involved in helping at the school. I don't know anyone who ever went anywhere without having some sort of plan or goal in mind. Even when we go on vacation, we usually have a destination. Ever go on vacation and not have a destination? Hmm. Well, most folks pick a destination before they go. How much more something is important as being a Christian? It's a matter of setting your mind on the things of God, spiritual goals, and pressing on even though the world is attacking you. I was just remembering recently that the young adults class, which started off as a teen class, 
Then became the young parents class. And we almost made it to the young grandparents class. Is <laughs> <clears throat> still being conducted every Thursday online. What a blessing. Young people bless me constantly. <clears throat> but it, it wasn't my idea. It was Corey's idea to do the online thing. And I said, sure, we'll give it a try. So he's the moderator, so if you want to get involved in the young, almost grandparents class, uh, contact Corey and he'll put you on the list. <clears throat> We've been given a great power to help us overcome our carnal natures and to become strong spiritual creatures. But how do we get this power to work for us? How do we overcome? Romans chapter 8, picking up in about verses 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We'll get into that a little bit more. I'm not just going to leave you hanging with that. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do... And that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Man, does that sound good. But how do I put that into practice? Where does that really begin? How do I set my mind on spiritual things? Well, <clears throat> you're not going to hear anything super revelatory. If that's not a word, I just made that up. Revelatory. Notice that the goal is setting our mind on the things of the Spirit, and this is part of the formula for being an overcomer. Drop down to verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Putting to death the deeds of the body, fighting and overcoming our carnal desires, and allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit. So I'm going to digress for a moment. Digress means I'm going to change gears and move on to a different path just for a minute. Part of the young adults class. Now, you have heard how Steve and I have struggled with alcohol and smoking and a lot of uh, challenges when we were growing up, going through reform school and all that. Yeah, it was quite a battle. And thankfully, the Lord provided the assistance that we needed uh, to get out of that. But wonder if someone doesn't have those issues or never had all the challenges that we had. Does that make their spiritual walk any less difficult or any less meaningful? Absolutely not. Those were external physical challenges, and I'm going to tell you they are not near as difficult as our internal challenges to change our mindset to become like Christ. 
not even close. Now, for someone who is outside of Christ, hearing about somebody going through these worldly challenges and overcoming them, that could be an attraction. Oh, well, you went through all that and you were able, that's, that's good news. I have hope. That's why it's shared. It's not like a, a measuring stick about, well, look, this is where we came from. And, well, you know, well, if you didn't have to go through that, you haven't been as far as I have. That's not it at all. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Colossae, said in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 8. But now you yourselves, speaking to Christians, are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, uncircumcised circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfections. Put off anger, wrath, and malice. Simple instruction. As we sit here this morning, I would expect most of us would say, I don't have a problem with those things. But when you're on the freeway and some nut, cuts you dangerously off, those things may magically appear. And here you thought you didn't have them, anger, wrath, and malice. First, the anger comes, and you're just in total disbelief that this knucklehead just did this insane thing. And then you start thinking about, if I could just catch that guy. Now we're moving towards malice. I will share with you that within, well, let's just say two months ago, that happened to me and I did not respond like I used to respond. I was surprised. First off, what he did was so incredibly stupid he must have been thinking, oh, well, I do this on my home video game all the time. <laughs> There's a guy in the fast lane. I'm in the slow lane. The cruise control's on 70. There's this guy's just going by me like, at, you know, two, three miles an hour faster. I see him as he's going by. And all of a sudden, I see another car between him and I. How can that be? I am just totally freaked. This is not a three-lane highway. This is two. Hit the brakes, spun the wheel to the right, jerked it back, and I'm on that little bumpity-bumpity-bumpity-bump, you know. But And that guy just roars by me like nothing's going on. And I'm thinking, is this a video game that I've just jumped into? Now, I must admit, in Asia, this is a common occurrence. The lanes and the colored on the road are just decoration. 
You're not required to obey those, but you, you're ready for it. But not in America on I-94. What are you doing, buddy? It's two lanes. But praise the Lord, I did not respond like I normally did. I've got to the point, you know, well, once I caught my breath, and Linda's eyes went from saucers down to normal size, and she's saying, what was he thinking? I said, well, let's hope he gets to the hospital in time to say his goodbyes. <laughs> Because that must be where he's going. See how the mind can change? Instead of, I'm going to catch up with that guy and I'm going to give him two pieces of my mind. All right. <clears throat> or maybe you're at work and find a coworker is lying about you behind your back. Maybe a relative <laughs> posts something on Facebook that cuts you deep. Maybe according to God's standards, you would be justified in going, I'm sorry, maybe according to the world's standards, you would be justified in going to wrath. But what about God's standards? Think about this for a moment. God watched from heaven as men crucified his holy and just son and didn't destroy the world. He didn't go to wrath. And some guy cuts you off on the freeway, and you want to go to wrath? You see, there's a bigger jump. We have to start thinking like God thinks, instead of taking the world's measure of what is right and wrong before we go to wrath. Now, I'm not saying you can't get righteously angry, because Jesus did, but about things of this life? Hmm. <clears throat> Needless to say, putting these things out of our lives is much more difficult than quitting smoking. Notice all things to put in our mind, and understanding what these look like comes from examples from God's <clears throat> holy word. One example, for time's sake, is humility. In Numbers 12 and 3, now... The man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. So read about Moses. See what he said and what he did. See how he responded to various situations and make it your goal to become the same way also. And just so you know, for many, getting pride out of your life will be a lot more difficult than you can imagine. You'll forgive me if I go just a little long, won't you? Thank you. All right. Getting pride out of your life. I have been noticing, the, the older I get, that many people will display um, what they're proud of in their life or what they take pride in outwardly. Now, I'll pick on sports fans just for a minute. There's this one TV commercial where this sports fan is, you know, he's at the football game, it's minus 20 below zero, and he's got buffaloes or something painted on his chest, and he's rah, rah, rah. And then they cut to him after the game, and he's in the, in the bus stop 
you know, freezing half to death. So people will, uh, how do I want to say it, get so involved in sports and sports team, I am the greatest Buffalo Bills fan that ever lived. Look how crazy I am. Okay. People will do that with other things. They get so wound up in, in their life. When you look at them, oh, you're a Spartans fan because everything that you wear you're, is green and white. Go green, go white, yay. Poor Blaine. They lost yesterday. Michigan lost to Michigan State. That's a, our running little thing, you know. But there's many people who that becomes their life. Their focus on this thing. They're looking for identity to put themselves in a special class. Look how great I am at this thing. Well, as the older I get, the less I am interested in those kind of things. Now, I will admit for 20 plus odd years, I wore a gold ring on my hand. It was the United States Marine Corps emblem in the ring, and I wore that for 20 plus years. I don't wear it anymore. I don't want people to look at me and see a Marine. I want them to look at me and see a Christian. So I've divested myself of many of the uh, trophies or memorabilia being in the Marine Corps. I got a couple of things still on my wall, you know, just so I remember. Oh, yeah, I did that once. But they're in my computer room. They're not out on the living room wall. Never have been. We want to make sure that we don't seek some way uh, to identify ourselves to the world that is not being a Christian. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. But it's a growth process. You know, when I first got out of the Marine Corps and I came here, I was all for the stoning pit. Let's build a stoning pit out there. Yeah, let's let's start you know, really punishing people according to the law of the book of Moses. Yeah, well, I've grown a little bit. A little bit. And that's what I'm trying to communicate here today, is that when the scripture talks about us being an overcomer, it's about things that we face in our daily life, things that will cause us to go to wrath, anger, or malice. It's those internal things that need to change that are much more important than drinking or smoking or, you know, not chewing or dating girls who do or, you know, however that went. So, that's where we're going with this. <clears throat> Think of your Christian walk like a 66-story building. I only picked that because there's 66 books in the Bible. But think of it as a really tall building. Most everybody enters the building on the first floor. And you've got to work your way all the way to the top. And as you go to the top, you're letting go of things because they're getting too heavy to carry. And all these burdens that we put on ourselves, you've got to let them go so you can keep climbing. <clears throat> Some of us started in the basement. We had a few <laughs> things that we had to get rid of. And don't forget, it was the Apostle Paul who said he was the chief of sinners for persecuting and jailing and killing God's newborn Christian children. He must have felt like he was starting in the underground parking garage. 
So just because you didn't start where some of us less intelligent people started, you started on the first floor, well, praise be to God, but you still got as many challenges as everybody else on the face of the planet to drop and divest yourself of all these things that Jesus didn't carry. I could probably end right there. No, no, I can't. Romans 12. Romans 12. Because I said, you know, I'll give you some things about being an overcomer. Well, one is identifying the things that will hinder you. Things that, you know, well, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't chew, uh, so I'm good to go. Well, that's not it at all. It's, it's all these internal things that we have to work on and things that we have to put on and things that we have to put off. Uh, Romans 12, <clears throat> picking up in about verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you want to be an overcomer? Give your enemy something to eat and drink. Most people would not even consider doing that, much less actually trying to do so. I believe that God is merciful for not showing us all our deficiencies at once. What I mean by that, I recently ran into somebody I had not seen in 40 years. And I was stunned at all the old pent-up thoughts and feelings that came rushing back when I ran into this person. Hopefully, I dealt with them in a manner that was pleasing to the Lord because I recognized what it was. But it shocked me when I thought, oh, I don't have anything against anybody. And then the Lord said, how about this one? (laughs) Ha-ha! Surprise! Yeah. Yeah. we are running out of time so I think I'm just going to kind of try to wrap this up we need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ hang on all right I'm going to try to wrap this up gently Christ came to the earth to show us that we can overcome sin through the power of God in us. It's not all about us doing it on our own. He helps quite a bit. He gave us a fresh start by providing a means of having our sins taken away in the waters of baptism. He promised us the Holy Spirit would be given to those who've had their vessels cleansed. This spirit would be within us to help us to overcome the flesh to be overcomers. And I know it's kind of hard to fathom the spirit world when everything that's going on around us is making so much noise. We can't see the spirit world, so we wonder about it. But, you know, you can't see electricity either. But I can tell you it exists. 
having been knocked off a couple of ladders in my lifetime, <clears throat> it exists. What about the power that God provides? Are we using it all day long? Or do we just come together on Sunday to maybe share a few sparks with one another? No. We need to be using it each and every day. Uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. Picking up in about verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. God has made promises to those that overcome. Do we truly believe and understand that we are pilgrims and strangers here on the earth? We have put on the spiritual man through the power of God and our obedience and dying in the waters of baptism to become what? Just cleaned up old carnal men and women? No, new creatures in Christ. God wants us to understand there is a physical realm and a spiritual realm. All of us one day will leave this physical body and end up in the spiritual realm. The question is, which part will you be in? God says that only the overcomers will make it into heaven. The road to hell is wide and easy and paved with good intentions. The road to heaven is narrow and difficult and is paved with the word of God. That's why we need to abide in his word. The encouragement this morning is to set our sights on things above, not on things of the earth. We are the chosen of God and we are to be overcomers. Great things lie before us such as Jeff going down to Nicopole, having never been there before, with an interpreter to share the word of God through people who are going through a great trial and tribulation. Wow. I feel so humble. <clears throat> to eat from the tree of life, to receive some of the hidden manna to eat, to receive a white stone with a new name, to have power over the nations, to be clothed in white garments, to have your name in the book of life, to sit with Jesus on his throne in a place where God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. Praise the Lord. For the former things have passed away. Revelations 21:14. Thanks for your attention. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed with a word of prayer.